Welcome to Chapter One with Houston Public Library, where we give you just enough story to get you hooked. Today's episode features Death Prefers Blondes by Caleb Rarig, read by Jasmine. This title is intended for teens, however, it may contain language or themes that some readers may find offensive. Recording is made with permission of Macmillan. Act One, Outrageous Fortune, One. As it turned out, a pissed off dry cleaner with a grappling hook was a force to be reckoned with. Crouched low between an SUV and a hybrid sedan on the fourth floor of a downtown Los Angeles parking garage, her blonde hair tucked away beneath a platinum wig, Margot Manning stared up at her best friend with a growing sense of concern. Axel Maru, also known as Lisa Von Tramp, towered above her, his knuckles white around the stock of a crossbow onto which the dangerously sharp tool was mounted, his extravagantly beautiful face drawn into a furious scowl. Well, where the fuck is he? Axel snapped, voice barely in check. His heavily made-up eyes were focused out over the structure's railing, aimed across the alleyway at the upper windows of the facing building. But his tone was accusatory, and Margot knew that both his question and the venom with which it was posed were directed at her. Fact was, he'd made no effort to hide his anger that night. Fact was, he told her to her face not 12 hours earlier that if anything went wrong with this job, and he was sure it would, he'd never forgive her. But in the past, no matter what personal issues he had, with Margot or anyone else, Axel had always been able to pull it together when the time came. When he wanted to, he could focus like a laser, even under the worst of pressure. It was why Margot had always known she could count on him. Now, watching his cool facade come apart at the seams, his fingers flexing anxiously on the expensive piece of gear clutched in his hands, she began to wonder if she made a huge mistake. Can you handle this, Liesel? Margot asked for military crispness. Their team had a rule. From the moment they suited up, it was drag names only until the end of the night. Even Margot, the only one who wasn't technically a drag queen. Along with the makeup that dramatically altered their appearance, the contrasting and brightly colored wigs that concealed their hair and drew eyes away from physical characteristics that were harder to disguise, and the nylon bodysuits that hugged artificially padded curves, it was one more way to reduce the risk that one of them might be identified. Because if you're having trouble keeping your shit together, then you can trade places with Dior and take some time to calm down. Don't tell me to calm down. Axel spun on the chunky rubber heel of one boot, dark eyes flashing below the fringe of his neon red wig. Even through the layers of foundation, powder, and rug on his face, she could see his color starting to rise. We've got no idea what's happening in there. He's late. We should have heard from him by now. He should be in place. Axel shook his head, the crystals glued to his cheekbones glittering in the slanted light cast through the cold concrete garage from the electrified city outside. I told you, Margot. I told you something bad would happen. Joaquin's never done anything like this before. If he's been caught, he won't have any idea. Anita will be fine, Margot stated, pointedly correcting Axel's careless use of her real name. We're only five minutes off schedule, and there are a million possible reasons for that kind of delay. And one of them is that he's been caught. Axel pursed his lips, staring daggers into her. When he spoke again, his voice was unsteady. One of them is that you sent my little brother into the lion's den, alone, on his very first job, and he's already been caught because he has no fucking clue how to do this. Tossing a hand up, he let it slap down against his side, eyes glistening. How could you, Margot? How could you talk him into this behind my back? He's only 15. Margot wanted to point out that she and Axel had been only 15, 
When they first started down this particular road together two years earlier, two bored kids breaking into Malibu mansions when they knew the owners were vacationing in San Tropez or San Thomas, making off with cash and useless trinkets to hawk at pawn shops in deteriorating neighborhoods. But now was not the time to indulge in argument. Rising to her feet, she looked her best friend in the eye and spoke as calmly as possible. I didn't talk Quino into anything. He asked to be a part of the team. He practically begged. The boy opened his mouth, but she silenced him with a warning gesture. Listen to me. I made him prove himself just like everyone else. He knows how to fight. He ran the obstacle course and didn't falter once, and he even beat my time at it. He beat your time, Axel. Placing her hand on his shoulders, she met his eyes. He's good, better than good. I know he can do this. And I hope you know me well enough to trust that I never put someone in play if they weren't ready. You should have told me, Axel insisted stonily, his false eyelashes casting spidery shadows across his cheeks. Margot hated those things. They were cumbersome and hampered peripheral vision, creating variables she couldn't control. But the boys had been appalled at her attempt to ban them. Devon had been ready to go on strike over the matter, rising up to his full six foot five in stiletto pumps, declaring, if you want to take my lashes, honey, you're going to have to cut my fucking head to get them. You and I can fight about this later. Margot stepped back, her words cold still. But right now, we've got work to do. This job called for five people. We needed to add someone anyway, and I gave Anita the same shot I'd give anyone. She has the skills, the guts, and most important, I trust the bitch. Reaching down, she inked the crossbow out of Axel's hand and hoisted it up. Angry street-like gilded metal grappling hook of sulfur's gold. You want to protect your brother? Then pull on your big girl pants, do the job I know you're capable of, and we'll all be safe in bed two hours from now. With that, she served the contraption against Axel's padded chest. They continued to glare at each other for a long moment, but finally, the boy put his hands back on the stock and foregrip, adjusted his hold, and turned to look out over the railing of the parking garage once more. Four stories below stretched the fragmented pavement of a wide alley, strewn with trash and reeking of urine, while directly across from them stood the three-tiered Beau Arts building that housed the Los Angeles Museum of Fine Art. It was just after four in the morning, the quietest hour that downtown LA had to offer, but light spilled over every inch of stone, brick, and concrete in sight nonetheless. Even the sky overhead was scummed with an orange glow, a lingering haze drifting in the night sky and reflecting back the city's endless wakefulness. Somewhere inside the museum, provided he hadn't already been discovered by Lamfa's 24-hour private security team, was Joaquin Maru, also known as Anita Stiffon, Axel's little brother. And five minutes ago, he was supposed to give them a signal that he was in position, that the coast was clear, and that the break-in Margot had spent weeks planning could finally commence. At the time, recruiting Joaquin had seemed like a brilliant idea. Already, Margot had been forced to torn down two different well-paid jobs because no matter how many different scenarios she ran in her head, she couldn't come up with a strategy that wouldn't expose their four-person team to unnecessary risk. She, Axel, Devon, and Leaf had earned a reputation, one she greatly enjoyed having even if she couldn't brag about it, and she refused to get cocky, take bad risks just because the prestige would be all the greater if she managed to pull it off. They needed to add someone new to their ranks, but an elite group of anonymous teenage thieves can't exactly put an ad online. Enter Joaquin Maru. Like his brother, he was a trained acrobat. Like his brother, he was someone Margot had already known for years. And like his brother, he, would ne he was never going to take no for an answer. Axel had limped home too many times with ruined makeup 
inexplicable injuries, and even less explainable cash for his nocturnal activities to remain a mystery forever. Quino wasn't stupid, another point in his favor, and from the minute he realized what was going on under his very nose, he had demanded to join the team. Margot knew Axel would be angry about it, which was why she did it behind his back, and she at least had the decency to feel sort of guilty about it. But she assumed the guy would get over himself when he took some time to breathe, when he saw what his brother could do and how much sense the new lineup made. But now, with each second that passed, each moment with no sign from Joaquin, the silence stretched tighter and tighter between Margot and her best friend, like a cord looped around both their necks. If anything had gone wrong... Wondering what happens next? Check out Death Prefers Blondes by Caleb Rarig, available in multiple formats at www.houstonlibrary.org.